Good morning, church. Buenos días. It is a privilege to preach the word of God for the people of God this morning. Uh, some of you watching online, others here in person. I salute you in the name of Jesus. And I believe with all my heart that we need a word. Sometimes we have a sermon, but if I only can get a word from God, just one, that would be enough to go and fight the good fight during the week. So I hope that you are receiving this sermon series. And I'm preaching today on the purpose and practice of prayer. And that's the purpose of this sermon series on unlocking the power of prayer. That if I can just get you to start praying, it doesn't have to be long prayers, but just to start, just a start, uh, if you are not already doing it. And we know that as you spend more time with Jesus, um, then you're going to pray more. But as we already learned, prayers don't have to be long prayers, and prayers don't have to be long. We just need to have the right heart, the heart in the right place. So now let's go into the message. Let's turn to James um, 5, the prayer of faith, um, verse 13. It says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. So today we're going to continue learning about prayer and the impact of prayer based on James 5, understanding that prayer is both a privilege but also a source of grace bestowed upon us by our heavenly Father, that we know that as we pray, we can draw closer to God and experience his guidance, his intervention, his witness in our life as he works miracles among us. In the apostle um, James, is teaching here in the first, the first portion of this text, we're hearing uh, prayer in the context of church ministry. And as we see that, we begin to learn how important it is to spend time with God as a church. But also the emphasis that in times of joy and in, time, in times of suffering, prayer should be our first option. This is what is it's written. Is anyone among you in trouble? they should turn to prayer. Is anyone happy? They should express this gratitude through songs of praise. In short, prayer plays a role, an important role in our walk with Christ. 
in both moments of happiness, but also in adversity. And some people only pray when we are in trouble. And God is saying we need to pray and worship at all time, praying without ceasing. So for some people, the revelation is God, the fireman. He just show up when you are in trouble, fire, and then you don't pray anymore until there is another fire. So hopefully you start praying without ceasing. Because as I taught you last week, prayer is not about intensity, it's not about eloquence, it's not about length, it's about the heart. It's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of faith. It's a matter of praying with an understanding based on God's biblical pattern for prayer. So we have many examples of people praying in the Bible, righteous people praying in the Bible, short prayers that only God uh, can move the way he did in these powerful examples, knowing that God not only hears prayers, but also answers prayers in a way that is powerful and effective. We have, for example, we have the prayer of Elijah, and he prayed in, um, he prayed in the book of Kings, and he says that fire fell from heaven, just a short prayer, 64 words, and he prayed and fire fell down from heaven. We have Peter in Acts 3, and we see Peter praying, from, pray, praying for a, a man that was lame since he was born. And he said uh, that the Bible says that he, Peter prayed for him and says, silver or gold I do not have, but I have, um, but what I have I do give you in the name of Jesus Christ, walk. And the man was healed instantly. He was jumping and excited. 27 words. We have the prayers of Javis in First Chronicles 4.10. He's praying, God, bless me. Bless me. Enlarge my territory. Let your hand be upon me and keep me from evil, and I will be free from pain. How many of you want to be free from pain? That's what God is saying. You know, you need to pray, pray 30 words. And you know what the Bible says? It says, and God granted his request. When you pray, God answer. In Acts 16, the apostle Paul was preaching the gospel, preaching the gospel. And a young woman who was involved in witchcraft, fortune telling, she was walking and shouting behind um, Paul and Silas. These are the men of God. These are the servants of God, the servants of the most high God. And after many days, Paul um, was annoying, became annoying, and he turned around and said to that woman, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of here. And the Bible says that she was healed and delivered in the moment the spirit left her. Fourteen words. Hezekiah, he was sick. And the prophet came to him and said, you need to put your house in order because you will not Recover. How many times the doctor said to you, you are sick, you're not going to recover, and then God showed up and healed that person. It's powerful. So he was there, and he was crying, looking to the wall and crying and saying, Lord, 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 please hear me. I walk before you faithfully with a wholehearted devotion. I have done what is good in your eyes. And he wept, and he wept bitterly. In that moment, prophet and the prophet came back and said, this is what the Lord says. I have heard your prayer 
and seeing your tears. I will add 15 years to your life. 39 words, and God added 15 years. 15 years. I don't know if you need that word today, but God is saying, I'm seeing your tears. I'm seeing you. 15 years, 39 words. The prophet Habakkuk was praying for God to move in a mighty way in his time. He also prayed a short prayer, saying, Lord, I have heard of your fame, Habakkuk chapter 3. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. And the Bible says, God came. Wow. God is omnipresent. How many of you know that God is omnipresent? He came, he's everywhere. However, when we pray, he manifests himself in a mighty way when we open our mouth and start praying in the name of Jesus. And sometimes even without words, he shows up in mighty way. Jesus also taught us this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, 68 words a simple prayer. He was not teaching us and talking about prayer for, for chapters. Just a short prayer. And encourage us to pray that prayer every day. This is why I prayed the Lord's prayers in the contemporary service. And we prayed in the, in the traditional service. And we prayed at home. And we prayed everywhere. Because that's what Jesus taught us to do. We pray and pray and believe in that God is going to move in a mighty way. So all these examples... Revealed to us that if we start praying, God will release his power over our life. The theologians today, when they talk about prayer, they said prayer is an acknowledgement of our reliance on God. So when we pray, what we're saying is, God, we surrender our agenda, my life, my week, my day to you. James 5.16 says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Other version says it's passion, passionate prayer. Prayer with purpose. And sometimes, again, it doesn't have to be a long prayer. It can be a short prayer. Like when a, a mother sees see her child going into traffic and mom, you say, Jesus. Jesus, so you are driving and you're in a car accident and you are about to go into a car accident. You say, Jesus, Lord, wow. And for some reason, for some reason, I've been traveling a lot and you see planes and something happens. I don't see people say, Buddha, Mohammed. I don't see people say, Buddha or Mohammed. They say, Jesus, God. Short prayers, heartfelt prayer, prayer with purpose. In Genesis 15, Abraham was discouraged, and God took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count, count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he said to him, so shall your offerings be. In verse 6, Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited to him as righteousness. Powerful. You know, in America, people are always looking for credit. People want to do better with credit. 700, 800, it's a good credit. 
What about, what about looking or seeking credit with God? That God can say, I'm crediting you with righteousness because you believe the word. According to the Bible, what is purpose? Purpose, purpose refers to a reason or intention behind the existence of someone or something. It emphasizes that God created everyone, that he has a purpose, a specific purpose for everyone. And as we look and seek and spend time with Jesus in prayer, that purpose will be revealed. That's the, the greatest tragedy on earth, is that you are living without a purpose, that when you don't know what God wants you here for. It doesn't matter how old you are. You can be young, you can be old, you need to pray. And we all need to continue seeking God so he can reveal his purpose to us. Because I'm telling you, if you are breathing, you still have a purpose here. Righteousness, in the biblical context, is a state of moral uprightness. It's not earned through personal merits, but it's granted by God through grace in Jesus. It's about purity of heart. It's a posture. It's obedience. It's a desire to do what is good, what is just. And justice and righteousness is not the same thing. Righteousness is the posture. It's, the, it's your heart, your desire. Justice is the fruit of righteousness in the kingdom of God. This is why we have to learn <laughs> these principles according to the scriptures. Because in the world, what is justice? Fairness, equality under the law. Kingdom justice, flowing from living God's commandments. That's true justice. Because justice in the world can lead to peace between humankind, between people. But justice in the kingdom is peace with God and humanity. So, I came this morning to encourage you, take heart. Walk in humility before God. Act, act justly in love, mercy. Pray, believing, believing that God will hear your prayer. Prayer of the righteous person, the prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. That's what James 5 is teaching this morning. What about if we become a James 5 church? A church that pray from one another, pray at all times, pray without ceasing, pray corporate, pray in, a, in groups, pray together. Let us pray this prayer of Habakkuk, Lord, I have heard your fame. I stand in awe on your deeds. Repeat them in our day, in our time, make them known. That's my prayer for St. John. That's my prayer for this nation. Let's start praying, Father, release your kingdom power into our life, into our church, here and now at St. John. Send revival to St. John, to our families, to our families, to our children, to our grandchildren. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Send revival to our people. Send revival to our community. Send revival to the backsliders. Send revival to the lukewarm, to the lost, to the addicts, to the hopeless, to the poor in spirit, those who understand that they need God to survive, to those who are tired after serving God, serving you for so long. 
and they don't have the strength. They have lost the fire and are barely hanging on. Send your revival. Send your spirit. Send your spirit to those who feel unwanted, unloved, uncared for. Send revival to our nation. We need the Holy Spirit in America like never before. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And when you understand that when you are in Jesus, you are a righteous person, you become dangerous on earth. Because now you know that you can pray and you can move the hand of God. You can pray with passion, with boldness, knowing that God will show up and show out. Because it's written, the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So be it. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. James advises us. Is anyone among you ill? Is anyone among you ill? Are you sick? Let's pray. They should reach out to the church elders who will offer prayers on their behalf. This is the power of prayer. Prayer is more than just praying alone, but also praying together. He says that we should call the elders of the church and intercede for the sick. So if you call us, we will pray for you. An elder doesn't mean that you're old, by the way. So you can call Ashley. <laughs> she can pray for you. You can call for Stephen. He can pray for you. It's not about age. It's about a calling. But we need to turn to God in prayer. So when you are sick, call us. And we will pray for you. I carry oil all the time. I will pray for you. I will anoint you in oil. And I believe that God will heal you. N.T. Wright, a powerful theologian, contemporary theologian, theologian, this is what he says. Prayer is not an endeavor. Rather, something we do together as a central part of the church life and witness. We need to be a praying, a praying church. How can we become a praying church? Well, we pray together, corporate. In James 5.15, God is teaching us and mentioning us through prayer, prayer of faith. The prayer of faith will heal people. So we come together in agreement, believing that God will heal people emotionally, physically. If you have faith, God will heal the people. Another highlight in this chapter of James 5 is the effectiveness of prayer. It stresses the significance of honesty, but also confession within our prayers. And the Apostle James encouraged us to confess our sins to one another and pray for one another so that we may experience healing. This is why we need to be centered in Christ, because if we have, if we have a, a gossiping church, I'm not going to share anything with you. But if we have a prayer church, I will share my sins with you because I know that when I share my sins and we pray together, it's confidential, stays there in the presence of God, and now I am healed. Some sins will not go away until you confess them. How do you know, Pastor, how do you know that I need to confess my sin when you have been praying for that sin without solution? You don't see a breakthrough. It's time to find somebody else, at least one more person, in agreement and say, let's pray for this. I'm tired of this. Enough is enough. 
I want to live in righteousness. And God will release you. The prayer of a righteous person holds power and brings about effective results. To unlock the power of prayer, we must approach God honestly and humbly and confess our sins before him. Are you ready, St. John? Are you prepared to see God moving like never before, living with the expectation that God is going to do something every Sunday, every week, expecting, living with the expectation that God is going to show up and show out, that God's presence is going to be normal, present in our life. There is a true story. A man was driving his car and he broke down, so he opened the hood. He was looking in the engine of the car, trying to fix the car. And another car showed up, a stretch out limousine showed up. The chauffeur got out and opened the door, and this man with a nice suit approached the other man and said, what is going on? He said, my car is not working. My car is not working. I said, sit down, you know, sit behind the wheel and let's try it. And he was looking at the car and fidgeting and touching things. And then he said, try now. And when he tried it, <clears throat> the car started. So he was cleaning his hand, about to leave. And the guy said, wait a minute, wait a minute, who are you? Who are you? How can I pay you? How can I, how, how, who are you? Tell me your name. And the guy said, my name is Henry Ford. And he said, why do you stop? You know why I stop? Because I, I, I can't stand to see one of my creations broken in, on the side of the road when it's supposed to be moving. I can't stand that. And when I heard that, I said, hallelujah. I, think, I believe with all my heart that the creator is looking at you and saying, I can't stand that my creation is broken down, going nowhere. So I'm going to fix you. And I'm going to do something with you and I got excited because you know how it is my wife is trying to change me my, the husband is trying to change you and your neighbor is trying to change you and your mother-in-law is trying to change you <laughs> but I have news for you only God can change you he's the creator he created you only him can change us so I don't know who needed this word today, but I believe with all my heart that God is trying to fix us so we can go from A to B, so we can go to our destination, releasing us to go and get to that destiny in Jesus. So we need to wake up and say, let's do this, God, I'm ready. I'm praying, come, show up, show up and show out, change my life. So if we pray, God will manifest himself in our life. God will do something great. In the Bible also, there is a powerful prayer, short prayer from a woman, the woman with the issue of blood. She was broke. She was sick. She didn't have, any, she didn't have anything else, nothing to lose. So she saw Jesus and said, you know, if I only touch his garment, I will be healed. And she did. And Jesus turned and said, who touched me? You cannot mess with God. He knows who you are. He knows where you live. And he knows your name. 
he was, he, who touched me? Because power left me. Power has gone out from me. And that happens when you pray with faith. There is power that comes out from God to where you are. I believe with all my heart. Power has gone out from me. God is looking for people that touch the heavens, touch the heaven with faith, so the power of God is released into the earth. The power of righteousness in prayer. Again, we need to, we need to pray, but we also need to live in holiness. James is teaching us the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective, but we need to be in walking in righteousness and allow God to do what needs to be done. And then in James 5, we also have the prayer of Elijah and the apostle used Elijah as an example of what is to pray, believing in God and how our prayers can impact the world. So he used the prayer of Elijah, Elijah's prayer life to teach us to pray with fervor, pray with passion. And there is a, a, the understanding that when we see these biblical characters, we think that they are out of this earth, that they are awesome, they are not like us. This, you know, this is what the Bible says, that he was a man like us, subject to passions like us. Many translations, all saying the same thing. A human being like us. A person just like us. A man of nature just like us. And this guy was not praying in the name of Jesus. Imagine now. It's getting better and better. Now we can pray in the name of Jesus. So if Elias' prayer was... If, Prayer life was powerful. Imagine now that you are praying in the name of Jesus. There is power in his name. And God will show up and do great things. But we need to pray fervently, pray with passion, knowing that our prayer life will impact the world. There is a powerful passage in 1 Kings 18.40 where Elijah is praying. Praying because he prayed that's the passage that James is referring to here. He prayed and then a drought came. And then he prayed and the rain came. But he prayed, no more rain, for no more rain, no more rain. It was gone. And then he wanted the rain to come back. So he started praying again. And this time in 1 Kings 18, read it at home, he was praying. It's, the Bible said that he, was, he kneeled and he was praying and praying, and praying, and he, had, and he has a, a servant. He said, go, go and check, go and check. There is nothing, said the guy, there is nothing. He kept praying, and praying, and praying. There is nothing. The Bible says seven times he sent the guy to check. The seventh time, the servant says, I saw a cloud. There is a little cloud, like the hand of a man. Where is that little cloud? Do you know what? What Elijah said, the rain is coming. Hurry up, hurry up, the rain is coming. So I don't know what, what is going on in your life right now, but if nothing is happening, don't quit. Keep praying, keep praying, keep 
praying. And when you see the smaller size, rejoice. Because God is about to do something. God is about to do something. If you get up, God will act in a mighty and a powerful way. Again, I preach about this. I teach about this. Because this is my walk with God. I come from a country where you have to pray for breakfast. You have to pray for lunch. You have to pray for everything. Your dependency on God is to the roof. Not because you want to, and not because you want to be a spiritual. You pray or you don't eat. As easy as that. So, and I share with you that when I, my, my, the car accident that I have in 2003, when my first wife passed away, I did the first funeral in the United States. The second funeral, I did it in Cuba. So two funerals. So I was tired. Tired. If you believe that one funeral is heavy, two funerals. Go to Cuba. Face the family. And when I got there, my mom, she just turned 76, hallelujah, and she's coming next month. And I was not able to talk. So she thought, because I didn't want to see anyone, I was depressed and stressed out and crying. And she thought, you know what? No, people are hiding the truth from me. My son passed away too, and they, they are not telling me. So she repeated that again and again on her mind, and she, and she got delusional. Her mind was out, gone. So my brother, my sister, and I got to Cuba. She was gone. We took her to the doctor. She was diagnosed with schizophrenia. She needs to stay in the hospital. She needs medicine. She needs to stay. So we spent time in Cuba 10 days. And I was praying and praying and praying and crying, praying, praying and crying. God, this is too much. I can handle it. This is too much. So in Cuba, you cannot stay. After you leave the country, you are done. You cannot come back. You can go and visit, but you cannot stay in the country. So the time to come back to the United States came, and my mom was gone. So I had to leave her in a hospital, good luck, and leave the country. I, 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 I said, you know what? No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I, I was praying like it was like 2 a.m. in the morning. I was tired. I went to my mom and said, in the name of Jesus, you have the mind of Christ. It is written. You have the mind of Christ. I pray. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Went to bed. Next day, she got up in the morning. She was healed. <laughs> Until today. Until today. You will see her like nothing happens. You never know if God wants to do something impossible through you. My job and your job is to pray, not to think. It's to pray. And you pray and you pray and you pray. If the doctor says she's going to die, whatever happens, you pray. Believe. Pray. Pray until the last moment, until the last minute. My job is to believe. Not to think. And again, I'm a doctor. I believe in science. God can heal you through science. That's one, that was one of the trees in the garden. God can heal you through counseling. All of that. But at the end of the day, 
Nothing like prayer. Nothing like surrendering to God and putting your problems and your situation in God's hand. That's when you surrender and you say, you know what? I can do this without you. I need you. God sees the possibilities, not only our problems. We need to call on the name of the Lord and believe to God. And again, it doesn't have to be a short prayer. It has to be a desperate prayer. Short prayer. The thief on the cross, that guy was very smart. He was so, he was a good, the, the, the theologians and the, and the commentaries call him the good thief because he, is, he stole heaven. He was there. He didn't have to come to church, get, be baptized, do it, and all these things that we do. He was, remember me? Jesus says, today, oh my God, today you will be with me in heaven. So imagine, you, imagine Jesus going to heaven with these great people from the Old Testament and, and all the prophets, and here comes the guy. <laughs> Lost. I'm here, why? Because of a short prayer in the name of Jesus. Believing that he can answer you. Hallelujah. Believing that God can do this. So we, next time, let's stop worrying and let's start praying. Let's become prayer warriors. So God can do miracles through us. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Embrace prayer. This is the application of this message. Embrace prayer. Confess your sins. Let's support one another. One another. Let's, pray, let's pray with faith that God will heal us. Let's make prayer a priority. So next time something happens, we're going to pray first. Become, a, become part of our community of prayer warriors. Remember that we're going to start praying together. Come, come. Confession, let's confess our sins. Let's live out your faith before others so other people are inspired to continue praying. Let's pray because as I share with you all the time, we can talk about it, we can preach about it, but at some point, we need to stop and pray. So we're going to pray, and I ask Betsy to bring the kiddos and release them into the sanctuary. <laughs> Be released in the name of Jesus. Yes. Put your hands together. These kids coming in. So if one of these kiddos is related to you, bring him closer. We're going to, or he or she, or closer. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for these kids. So when we were praying, when I was getting ready for this message, three, three reasons, you know, that we are going to pray for. One is, let's pray for our families. Let's pray for our children in this season. It's so important. There is also a wave sweeping America with anxiety, depression. We need to pray against all of that. Panic attack. People are getting panic attack. I can hear it again and again and again and again and again and again. Anxiety and anxiety and anxiety. And depression and anxiety. Let's pray that St. John is free from that. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And by the way, we have a town here called Goshen, right? That's the name of the town? Goshen? How many of you live in Goshen? 
Ooh, look at that. Well, in the Bible, Goshen was a place where hell broke loose outside of Goshen, never in Goshen. <laughs> so that's my prayer. I don't know what is going to happen over there, but in Goshen, let's pray that, you know, God will do that. So this morning, I'm going to ask you just to hold your hands. If you have your kiddos in the clothes, just let's make a connection there. I'm going to ask um, Betsy and Ashley to get up and just go through the congregation and pray for healing. If you are, if you are, if you are sick, let's pray for healing. Let's pray for um, the kiddos are coming back to school. Let's pray for our family. Let's do that in a few minutes. Let's pray.